Hello and welcome back to another Acacia Covered podcast brought to you by CatFed True Blue, our partner here at Acacia Covered. Uh, once again, this is Brent Maycock along with Scott Pask and Ricky Peterson and Mac Moore. And we are now uh, right before Christmas. Uh, everybody's ready for a little bit of a break. But before we hit our break, let's uh, let's catch up on what's going on with the winter season. We've, we've already covered all the fall stuff Uh finished up football and all the other fall sports and now we're uh, heavy into the winter season with uh with basketball boys and girls basketball boys and girls wrestling and boys swimming already underway and then once we come back in the new year bowling will get underway as well but uh first we'll take a little bit of look at at basketball to start the season and uh i know uh, you guys have been out to some really good games uh, so far this year. Scott, you had a great one uh, on Tuesday night you went out to. Uh, we can kind of start looking at some of our basketball uh, action from the start of the season. And Scott, if you want to talk a little bit just about the, the wild ending to a pretty good boys game that you saw the other night. Yeah, <clears throat> went out to, uh, to campus uh, earlier this week and had a chance to look at a couple teams that were unbeaten, wanted to see which one could get to the holiday break uh, undefeated, and a uh, good matchup between Hutchinson and Campus. Uh, uh, Campus, of course, with Andrew Burton, one of the one of the top players in the state, a really athletic, uh, uh, kind of a wing-type guard who's who's going to Drake. And, and uh, uh, Campus has had a real good start under first-year coach uh, Zach Clewer, and they were, they were hosting Hutchinson and, and really had that game – uh, in in hand in the middle of the third quarter, uh, Burton got hot, hit a couple three pointers, and they were up by thirteen. But Hutchinson, which uh, you know made it to state last year and finished fourth in five A, uh, really showed its moxie. They uh, they chipped away and got got that deficit down to one going into the fourth quarter, and then it was just really a really kind of a seesaw game and and uh, uh, kind of one of the crazier endings I've ever seen. Uh, campus had the ball with the kind of the last shot or looking like it would be the last shot. And they took, took one a little bit early and, and uh, missed it. And Hutchinson got the rebound in a tie game and, and uh, got out on the break the other way. And, and uh, Tyshawn Gilvain catches the ball wide open underneath and goes up. And uh, as he shoots it, it gets goaltended and with one second left and Hutch wins the game by, by two points to, to move to five and oh. So, uh, just a really good road win. One of those wins that uh, when it comes sub-state seating time down in, in late February, uh, early March, uh, you know, Hutchinson's going to feel pretty good about that one. <clears throat> Been a real trying month for the Salthawks. They've had to go a few games without uh, a couple players for each game. They had a little off-season uh, rules issue and they've had to set some players uh, throughout the month, but finally had the group all together for that, that game at campus and, and just gutted out a really good road win. And, and, uh, you know, the, down here in the, in the Wichita area, Hutchinson's one of uh, three 5A teams that, uh, uh, that sits, at unbe- sits unbeaten right now. Uh, May South is ranked number one, and they've been really impressive here out of the gate. Uh, had a big 23-point win over Derby on Tuesday night to get to the break undefeated and uh, just has, uh, you know, had, a, had an impressive win to open the season at Andover Central. Uh, defeated a North Kansas City team that's a really good team in the, on the Missouri side. They hosted them on a, on a Saturday and, and, and got the win there. And then uh, just overwhelmed Derby, uh, which Derby, of course, the third-place finisher in Class 6A a year ago. They beat Derby by 23 the other night. Uh, so May South off to a good start. They've got some great returning players back and then guard Michael Cates and, and Torrey Holman, an inside player, and, and then Jared Asker and a big body who can go outside and shoot the three. So – uh, Coach Joe Jackson's got a really good group at, at May South uh, this year, and they'll 
they'll play that Hutchinson team coming out of the break. And, and so Arc Valley Chisholm Trail Division One uh, shaping up really solid uh, here in the early going. And then you have Cape and Mount Carmel, uh, you know, just perennial power and, and once again strong under under Steve Eck there in 5A. Uh, they're 6-0. and They beat they beat their rival Bishop Carroll last night, uh, you know, pretty handily by 21 points to, to get to 6-0. and and, and Will Thingball, who was – one of the one of the standouts for Capen's uh, state runner-up football team. Uh, he's off to a really good start. He had 30 last night against uh, Bishop Carroll. So looks like those teams, a really good trio of teams down here in the Wichita area in 5A uh, uh, with May South and Capen and Hutch all going into the, into the the break unbeaten. And then you know I, I'll just I'll just keep it here. I mean, it, really, that's been the theme down here in the in the South Central Kansas area here out of the gate. Uh, the top-ranked team in, in the top five classes is, is all from the Wichita area. You've got Wichita Heights ranked number one in Class 6A. I uh, had a chance to see them down at uh, Wichita South, uh, you know, over a week ago, and they are they are as good as advertised. Uh, T.J. Williams, who's already signed with Wichita State, uh, scored his 1,000th career point the other night in a win at Hayes, and and uh, uh, you know, with a Malachi Wilkins, a good six-seven, long-armed, long-bodied uh, kind of. Uh, three, four type player, uh, just athletic as all get out. And then Chase Robinson, another guard who played, a, you know, played a lot of minutes last year on, on Heights' runner-up, uh, state runner-up team in 6A. Uh, he's, I think he's grown maybe three or four inches. And, and, and just you talk about a matchup nightmare on the perimeter for opposing teams. So Joe Hour's got another great team at, at Heights this year. And then they go into the break at 5-0 and uh, with an average winning margin of 39 points and, and – uh, uh, probably should stay unbeaten, I would guess. They, they've got a mid-January test with Cape, and that, that'll be one to look forward to, I think, uh, with, with, when those two teams get together in City League play. And and then just moving on down in classes, uh, McPherson, which was the state runner-up in 4A to Huguenin a year ago, they're, they they packed six games into the first 16 days of the season and won them all. And, and the last uh, of those victories was a 14-point win over Bishop Miege up in, the, up in Kansas City in the A-10 Showcase. So uh, a really nice win uh, there. They've also got a road win over Andover, the reigning 5A champs. So uh, McPherson, you know, same old, same old, just off to another good start. Uh, Gay Pyle had a big game in that, in that Miege win. And it really a, <clears throat> a good game for the, the Bullpups are really – uh, show their moxie that that Miege made a run at them in the second half, and they really, really uh, um, bared down and then got you know stretched that margin back out before it was all over. So uh, off to a six and zero start, they will travel to Circle right out of the break, and Circle's undefeated and ranked fourth in four A. So uh, uh, some some real nice matchups here on the coming right out of the out of the holiday break to look forward to, uh, and then down in three A Heston, you know they they lose an all-state talent like Jake Proctor last year, but they just keep on rolling. They're 6-0 and <clears throat> and ranked number one in Class 3A right now. Uh, they've really got a, a – you know, senior Adrian Hernandez has kind of stepped up his game this year. Uh, wasn't a big scorer for them. Didn't need to be last year with Proctor handling a lot of that load, but he's averaging almost 17 a game. And, and then junior Reed Friesen's uh, chipping in about 14 a game. And, and between those two, that's about enough. The Swathers are, are really nasty on defense again. Uh, they've only allowed about 30.3 points a game this year. So, uh, you know, Heston's just been on a great run here in recent years and, and doing it again. <clears throat> Wichita Collegiate is sitting at number three in 3A, but it, it's, uh, you know, it's been a little bit of a struggle at, at three and three for the Spartans. And we knew, we knew it would be going into the season. They've got a couple of their standouts, Sebastian Heinz-Turner and Jaden Parker, uh, have been out with football injuries and 
And I think, you know, it's just to, to Collegiate's got a lot of talent. They're going to need those two to come back, I think, to, to really make a run. It's, it's become kind of obvious there. Uh, but still, you know, a lot of talent there for the Spartans if they can just get those guys healthy. And I'm not, I haven't seen them yet, so I don't know where, where they stand status-wise. But, but uh, I think the Spartans and Mitch Fiegel really need, need, those, need that duo uh, back on the court. Uh, and then in Class 2A, Wichita Independent, uh, the state runner-up in 2A to Moundridge a year ago. They're, they're sitting number one in, in Class 2A at 6-0, and and they won the Marion Tournament and, and have really emerged with one of the top freshman duos uh, in the state. Uh, Luke Anderson and Jalen Phillips-Gray have, have helped uh, the Panthers kind of reload a little bit here uh, coming out of that second-place finish <clears throat> at state. They went up to Bennington in the in the uh, Central Plains League at Heart of America Challenge a couple weeks ago and, and got a two-point win, and Bennington, of course, was a state qualifier in 2A, so – uh, a, a good win there uh, in the in the December portion of their schedule. So look for Independent to, to be strong uh, moving forward. Uh, the Heart of America in two A is good again. Uh, Moundridge, the reigning state champ, you know, obviously lost some some serious talent last year, but uh, they're set at number four. They lost a home game to Cheney, which was kind of a, a an eye catcher uh, here last week, but but still a very good team. And, and then Bennington's ranked sixth, and Sterling is seventh. So the Heart of America's uh, appears very strong again, <clean> and then I guess if I needed, I wanted to lift up an eye-catching team. I'd give it to Oxford. The, the Wildcats are six and zero, uh, and they won twelve games a year ago, and uh, have, have come out of the gate with a great December. Um, Sam Wheeler and and Cordell Jr. both juniors are averaging in double figures for for Oxford, <clears throat> and then Kellen Green is averaging close to a double-double for the Wildcats, and, and uh, they've got one of the bigger games coming out of the break that I'm looking forward to. They, they will host Mound Ridge on January 2nd, and, and uh, so I think that's a good chance to really see how, how much for real Oxford is, but they've, they've had a really impressive, uh, impressive run, and that, that, that's kind of what, uh, you know, wrapping up the boys' side here from my area. The, those, those top-ranked teams, it's, it's really been a good start uh, here for, in the Wichita area for, for several, several of those, uh, you know, many of them perennial powers. Yeah, absolutely, Scott. Your area really, uh, really top-heavy when, you know, when you look at those uh, number one rankings. Uh, you know, the other number one teams in the state, South Gray, not a shock to see them uh, ranked high in Class 1A Division One boys. They've been a perennial title contender uh, throughout Mark Applegate's career down there. And then Axtell, uh, we talked about them extensively in football, uh, you know, during the fall, three-time reigning champions in eight-man division two. All those athletes they have, they're 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 good basketball players just as, as well as they're good football players, and so, you know, those those two programs, not a surprise to see them at the top. But uh, you know, Ricky, uh, you know, Maxville was a defending champion in Class One A and lost a lot of seniors off last year's team, but boy, they've had a really nice start from Diego Esparza out there. Yeah, um, yeah, like you said, I mean they they lost a, a, a whole lot from last year. Uh, you know, Ryan Cuckelman was a led them last year was a heck of a player in the post. But uh, for Esparza to do what he did, uh, the first couple games, uh, I think it was 45, 45 points in the, the season opener, and then forty four the next game. That a heck of a way to start start his campaign. Uh, you know, Maxwell had they have lost a, lost a couple. Um, to good teams, but you know I expect them to to be back in the in the as, as a contender in a one A Division One. 
you know, I get, I guess, talking a little bit about some of the other the schools in my area. You know, you mentioned South Gray, and it seems like every year um, Applegate just finds a way to, to help that team team reload. And you know, this year's no option. Uh, they're off to an undefeated start. Um, they're led by uh, Joey Dyke, who had a, a really good junior season last year. Um, you know, one th- I think it'll be really fun to follow 1A Division Two this year, um, you know, with with Greeley County losing as much as they did last year. I think that I think that division's wide open. Uh, you know, you mentioned Axtell and all all the their incredible athletes and you know the success they've had in, in football and but um, they'll be right there and then Northern Valley um, they've really been right there the last few years except last year they got upset in substate so I, I know they'll be they'll have strong motivation to come back this year um, they got a good senior leader in, in Kenton Talheim and they got um, a big transfer who helped them in football as well uh, Nolan Kinderneck. He transferred in from Trigo, and he he's a real he's a real difference maker for them. A really good shooter and just a, an overall solid basketball player. Um, and then Dighton, Dighton has a really solid uh, one-two punch there, and and Daniel Kramer and and uh, Carson Scheimer. So um, I expect I expect them to be a, a contender as well. But I I really I really think that'll be fun to kind of just watch that division and and see who and see who uh, rises to the top because I I think it is wide open. And I should mention the South Central uh, moved up they moved up to one A Division One this year, and I I think they're going to be a contender in that class because they they returned everybody off of the team that placed placed third last year. So um, you know I guess touching. Touching on a couple other boys teams in my area, um, Goodland boys, uh, they're off to a really nice uh, 7-0 and start, so I think they could be a strong contender in 3A. And then uh, uh, Great Bend, um, I think they might be the favorite to win the WAC this year. Um, they're ranked number 7 in, in 5A, and they've got a got a heck of a, a post presence there in, in Ian Primer who who had a tremendous football season for them as well but yeah those are those are a few of the teams that have uh, caught my eye out in, out in western Kansas yeah I agree with you Ricky that 1A Division 2 definitely will be an interesting battle this year you know Elyria Christian was a Division 1 state tournament last year they dropped down to Division 2 you know Hanover has, got, has been a team that's always been right there in contention for the title uh, you know they, they, they haven't kind of been there in football like they have recently but basketball always seems to kind of stay the course so you know that that twin valley league is just so tough if you look at the rankings axel number one and hanover's number four and then if you go up to division one you got clifton clyde and frankfurt are both there and and both of those teams have have really good teams this year uh young teams that uh that are are really going to be teams that can contend in, in those classes so i I think the 1A, 1A classes, you know, you got some of your familiar names with South Gray, Olpe, Maxville, teams like that. But uh, I think uh, I think it'll be some interesting battles in the, in those divisions for sure. And then, you know, working our way up a little bit, uh, you know, Linden captured their first ever state football championship this fall, uh, winning the eight-man division one title. Well, almost all those guys are are there in basketball as well. And, you know, we talked about Tanner Heckle being such an impact addition in the football season. Well, he's, he's 
probably as good a basketball player as he is a football player. And, and uh, you know, so his addition takes a team, a Linden team that they're already had some nice pieces, you know, six, eight Caden Massey, who just recent, who just signed yesterday with Kansas state for football. Uh, you know, he's a big guy in the middle. Jalen Massey's their point guard and has been running the point the last two years. Now um, you throw in Tanner Heckle and, and just a bunch of other solid, solid role players. And, and Linden's going to be a team to, that that's really going to be somebody to contend with in, in, you know, class two a, you know, anytime you got a six, eight post uh, you know, that's going to, that's a matchup problem. And you have to have to give him attention inside because he's, he's athletic enough that he can make some stuff happen, but, but what you can't really relax on, on heckle and, and Massey on the outside either. So Linden's going to be a really strong team in, in class two a this year uh, going up to three, a you know Beloit's a a team that's con- been a consistent uh, consistent winner in Class Three A. Uh, they're six and zero right now. They actually play tonight uh, to to finish out their their uh, season, their pre Christmas season. Um, I just did a feature on Bryce Beisner. He's our Cap Fed True Blue Student of the Week for this week. He leads them in scoring at seventeen point eight points a game. Six six post player. Uh, just had an outstanding uh, season so far, and and. Uh, and a kid that's really into Christmas. So if you want to check out uh, what about Bryce Beisner, uh, check out our Cap Fed True Blue Student of the Week. But he's got Beloit off to a, an undefeated start. And then, you know, Marysville was a team. They finished runner-up in 3A last year and graduated like seven, eight, nine seniors. I mean, they were so senior heavy. But uh, Coach Brown up there does a great job. And, and uh, they're they're off to a solid start uh, right behind them. Hayden uh, dropping down from 4A to Class 3A. We'll talk a little bit more about the girls with them. But, you know, they're, they're a program that plays 6A, 5A, for a competition all season long, and then you know once they get to the postseason in three A, they'll be a team that will be be a, contend, a contender as well. Wellsville, Willie Dorsey, uh, you know had a great football season, but the Dorsey family in Wellsville is basketball, 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 and so uh, you know he's going to have Wellsville in contention. St. Mary's moves up to Class three A this year from two A, where they'd been one of the better teams of two A, state runner up two years ago, and then. Uh, bowed out in the first round last year. They lost Keller Hurla to graduation. They're all state player, but Brady Hurla's stepped in and, and had a big season for them so far. So St. Mary's is a team uh, keep an eye on in 3A as well. And then, you know, going up, uh, I'm going to jump up to 5A, Highland Park. You know, they were a team that that really, really had a shot at winning the state title last year. And the, their semifinal game was in, in their hands and they kind of got conservative and it, and it got away from them and they lost to Andover at the, at the, in the final seconds and Andover went on to win. But, and that was the only loss Highland Park had last year. They graduated some great guys, Bo Aldridge and, and Trey Richardson and a bunch of other guys, but they've got a, they've got a high flying bunch again. They, they, Played three games and scored 90 points or more in two of them, averaging uh, right around 80, 85 points a game so far this season. So um, Highland Park, you know, Mike Williams does a great job up there. And so they're going to be a team that, uh, you know, be interesting to see once they start playing a little bit uh, tougher competition where they're at. But they're, they're, they've reloaded. And then DeSoto is another outstanding team uh, in Class 5A, David Coben. Um is their leader and they're off to a six and zero start in class five A. So those are some of the top teams from, from my area. And if you go up to six A, you know, once you get past Wichita Heights, Mac, it's uh it's a sunflower, uh a slum sunflower revival kinda in the in the KBCA rankings there. Yeah, I mean looking at my area for six A, I still have uh seven undefeated teams right now and 
you know, all but two of those are, are, are Sunflower League teams. And, you know, uh, looking at just kind of the, the start so far for a team like Shawnee Mission Northwest that uh, is out to a 5-0 record so far. And, uh, you know, that's a, a team with uh, Keaton Wagler uh, leading them. He has uh, about 15 points a game and, uh, you know, is capable of double-doubles, but, you know, generally he gets boards, he gets uh, assists as a 6-5 point guard. He's very hard to deal with, but they're also uh, really balanced with the starting lineup, uh, four players in, in double figures for points and uh, a fifth player at, at nine points a game. So when you, uh, you know, try to key in on Wagler, you end up having guys like uh, Avon Riley, Van Collins, Ethan Taylor, and and, and Tyler uh, Salmon just able to, to – get points and, and make shots with uh, a little bit more room uh, as it's uh, so difficult to, to keep Wagler in check. And then uh, they, they don't have the most depth, but, you know, got uh, four guys off the bench that gives them good minutes, even if they don't score a lot. So uh, that's a team that's looking uh, really good so far uh, in the, the early season. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, Shawnee Mission East is a, a, another one that, you know, at 5-0 and uh, right now. And uh, I think, uh, they're going to have uh, a, a fun week, I think, coming out of the break. Uh, I'm trying to pull up their schedule real quick, but uh, I know that they at least have, uh, yeah, Olathe South uh, on uh, January 9th. That's a, a team that right now is 4-0. So, uh, you know, one of them's going to have to to lose. And then, uh, you know, three days later, they'll be facing Shawnee Mission Northwest. So uh, it'll be should be clear by the end of that run uh, whether they're right there as the the top teams. But as you're trying to figure it out and uh, see these Sunflower League teams that, uh, you know, eventually are going to knock each other off. Uh, right now, though, the the team that's looking the best isn't from, from that group, but it's Blue Valley Northwest is the, the reigning 6A champs. And uh, that team looks so much different than what, you know, Scott saw down in, in, in Wichita last year, uh, but somehow they're still 5-0 and and dominating. They haven't faced a Kansas team so far, but uh, the, the five uh, Missouri teams that they've gone up against, they've won by double figures. Uh, you have uh, Joey Mattione uh, right now with a double-double pretty much every game at this point. I think he's averaging like 19 and 10. 10 points and then uh you add in jake fritz and uh those two have kind of uh you know been the the, the top guys on on offense but still getting uh, great contributions from guys like jackson klein and uh trevor garlington who also had a you know great uh year during the football season so you know that's a a group that interesting to see how quickly they have been able to uh get them all on the same page with a uh, lot of uh, not just new guys, but, you know, with, without, uh, you know, guys like Grant Stubblefield and, and, and now that they've run out of Bra- uh, Brown brothers to, to throw in there, uh, it doesn't matter. They keep, uh, you know, putting together state uh, championship caliber teams, and it'll be uh, interesting to 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 see how they develop and if they can keep that going as they uh, get into the thick of the EKL schedule. But 
really uh, tough group, and I'm excited to, to see, especially those undefeated Sunflower League teams, uh, what happens as they start uh, facing off over the, the next month because, uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of really good teams there. And then uh, as you're moving down and looking at uh, going down to 4A, uh, got a, a couple teams in Baldwin and Atchison that are uh, 6-0, and and then you add in Fort Scott at 5-0. and uh, some good starts there. I actually uh, I went out to to watch Atchison uh, face off against uh, Eudora uh, a little while back. Now it's crazy to think that we're getting far enough in the season that it feels like forever ago. But uh, that group for Atchison, uh, you know, I I think it's good that they're facing tough teams uh, early on in the year uh, before we get kind of to that. Uh, Meadowlark schedule where uh, you know it's just going to be Highland Park where you're kind of pointing to is how good do they do against them uh, because uh, I think that team is undoubtedly uh, one of the the, the top teams uh, in 4A and should be able to make some noise uh, in the postseason this year because that group uh, largely made up of the same guys you'll see, we saw on uh, Friday nights that uh, led that football team to a great finish. Uh, you know, Jeter Purdy uh, uses that athleticism the same way he'd go up to to pull down, a, a, you know, the, a catch in the end zone, uh, high point the ball. Uh, he brings that to the basketball court and has electrifying uh, dunks throughout the game. Uh, Hernandez is the point guard, uh, shot guard, point guard, is able to score, uh, at, you know, at will and is constantly getting – uh, his teammates into position the 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 Carter brothers uh big for the team Jay-Z Kelly so it's uh, pretty much just any name that I brought up during the football season just put it on over to Atchison and uh you know they bring a high-flying product that I I think you know having seen Highland Park last year it's hard to compare and 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 figure out if they're going to be on that same level but god it looked uh, a lot like it you kind of just felt the electricity in the gym uh watching that group play so uh, i'm excited to, to see what adjacent looks like and if we start getting to where their record looks pretty good late in the year and you want to talk about uh you know uh, kind of the uh you know lack of strength of schedule in that metal arc we could just put that to rest now they've already started the year and showed that uh, against some some good teams they're they're able to uh, you know, just really take over a game, and they ran away with that one against Eudora when I was out there. And then uh, Baldwin at six and zero is impressive, just from having one of the the Carr brothers uh, uh, having Caleb graduate, and so it's like okay, that he was such a huge part of their offense, was the the driving force, and uh, you know, similar to the way I talk about Atchison, where it's just kind of electricity watching that offense. Baldwin just. Uh, you know, use guys like the the Carr brothers that are cross country kids to just make sure that we're running full speed all game and we're not going to get tired. And uh, you know, they'll just try to outrun their their opponents. And uh, you know, this year not having Caleb, you wonder if it would change a little. But uh, Cooper is uh, playing in a way that allows that same uh, style to to continue. And so far, it's been extremely effective for Baldwin. So. Uh, you know, great start early for them. And then, uh, you know, just looking as uh, one more to, to give the shout out uh, before we move on is uh, uh, St. Mary's Colgan, uh, you know, a, a team that, you know, has that history, obviously, uh, but, you know, uh, trying to get it rolling again. 
you know, with without the a legendary coach in charge, uh, now they're 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 getting moving with a, a four and zero start. So uh, a lot of a lot of good teams uh, from my area, uh, you know, up and down uh, the the different classifications. But uh, you know, right now I definitely. It, it probably keyed in on the, 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 the pile up at six, a, at the top of the leaderboard in the six, a East, but a uh, lot of, a lot of good action that I'm excited to see over the next month or so. You know, talking about six, a, if you move over to the girls, uh, Mac, six, uh, a kind of looks the same on, on your end as well, where uh, the top of the six, a girls rankings, very heavy over in the KC Metro area with, you know, four of the top five teams from from the KC area and eight of the top uh, or seven six of the top ten overall uh, you know uh, a lot of good teams over there obviously Blue Valley North a defending state champion and 6A Shawnee Mission South you know uh, those two those two teams are are really good again this year and there's a lot of good teams over there to give them a run for the money yeah definitely uh, you know having uh, Latha South uh, jumping into the mix is uh, you know, uh, probably, I, I won't even say surprising, but, you know, I think going into the season, knowing what Blue Valley North had brought back and what Shawnee Mission South had brought back, uh, you know, it, it, interesting to see Olathe South put themselves into that, that, that same group and Blue Valley Northwest is as three and O as well. But even the teams that, you know, like Olathe West and Blue Valley with the, the one losses, uh, just a really good group there at the top of, of the East standings. And, you know, uh, right now with, uh, you know, Blue Valley North, I think, uh, interesting to, to, to see how good they're doing, even with, uh, I think uh, Logan Parks is uh, some kind of foot injury. I know she's in uh, sort of a walking boot right now, so hasn't played uh, in the, the early part of the, the year, and I'm not sure what the, the timetable is for her to return. But if she's able to to be back out there, I mean, this team, uh, without what is a you know pretty uh, sizable contributor uh, for them, uh, and they're still already playing it like they were watching them make that run to, to, to win the state title last year. Uh, just watching players uh, like uh, Jeliah Davis and, and, and uh, Tara Davis. Uh, you have Aubrey Shaw, uh, all like uh, going down the two Davises, you got 20 points a game and, and six rebounds, 16 points a game and six rebounds. Uh, Aubrey Shaw, just, you know, just a pedestrian, 14 uh, points a game and 8.7 rebounds with, with four, uh, almost five assists a game. Uh, so those three uh, have, have been amazing. They got the depth in, in terms of uh, contributors that are adding in. And then, you know, if they get, uh, you know, Logan Parks back in there later in the year, uh, that'll be a, a fierce group. And then, you know, uh, obviously Shawnee Mission South is a, a team that was undefeated going into, uh, you know, state and ends up, uh, you know, getting uh, knocked off by uh Blue Valley and 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 uh, you know, just having that moment. I, I think when I talked to him last year, the idea was, well, we still haven't uh, you know proven it against Blue Valley North when you know at the time they were undefeated and Blue Valley North had a couple losses. Uh, and and I, I think definitely that's just another year of that kind of building up that they didn't get the chance to to make it to the finals, face off with Blue Valley North, and try to prove themselves by getting that marquee win and. Uh, you know, this year, uh, same, uh, you know, just loaded roster for Shawnee Mission South, uh, you know, led by Cameron Smith and, and, and Zai Funches. But, uh, 
they also just kind of have a grit to them now. I, I saw them out there facing uh, Olathe West, and uh, that was you Olathe know, West uh, had their uh, you know season opener, but I mean they nearly the same size student section uh, was you know brought for that Shawnee Mission South uh, team, you know having them out there to cheer them on, and it was loud, and they got a lead that Olathe West was able to uh, come back and turn it into uh, you know a, a you know, really close finish. Uh, but, you know, even as that kind of pressure was building up and they're in Olathe West South, they, uh, you know, just stayed confident. They uh, battled their way through and, you know, they, they, they can power their way through. They can play outside. They can play inside. Uh, that's a, a team that definitely, you know, this year, it, it, you don't know until they get back to state and have to prove, okay, we can do it at this level against the best teams. But uh, you can definitely see early on that there's something there that uh, even different than last year when they were undefeated throughout the regular season, uh, they, they they want it really bad. So it'll be interesting to watch how they progress throughout the year and if they can keep that mentality all the way through state. And then, uh, you know, going down and, and, and looking obviously at 5A, uh, I, I was – making a list of only undefeated teams, but the only one with the loss I put on my list for either boys or girls was Aquinas at four and one. Cause let's just be honest. That's the, the team. And until I see them not win the five, a state title, there's no reason for me not to put that. They could have six losses. I don't care. Uh, that that's just going to be who my front runner is. So obviously we know that. And then uh, going down to, to, to four, a, uh, Interesting again with Fort Scott having a five and O team for both the girls and boys uh, squads, uh, but Eudora at four and O is the one I got to see where I got to first watch Atches and boys get the win over the Eudora boys. Uh, before that, I got to watch uh, the Eudora girls get the win over Atchison and, and uh, that Eudora team right now, uh, you know, just really uh, playing at a at, at a high level. Uh, very good at, at, at making, uh, you know, uh, three point shots can score inside, but really it's, it's the fast break points that I think really, uh, you know, got away from, from Atchison and that one and, and often gets away from teams. They play relentless defense and, uh, you know, all throughout the game, you're never safe with the ball. They're going to come at you and they're going to try to strip it away from you. And uh, if they get the ball, they're very quick to, to get down court and get a, a easy basket. And, uh, you know, when they, they play that style and are able to do that, uh, you know, I, I expect them to, 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 to keep uh, getting some, some big wins as they go through their frontier league schedule. But, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of good teams in 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 four A, and then uh, again with the two A, this one is the uh, Colgan's going to be on the list again at four and zero, uh, and you know even you know as you keep watching the team, you know lose big pieces and have to keep moving. Uh, Abby Farabay has as the that group just always ready to go, and and uh, you know coming out the gates, they they've had an amazing start to the year, so. Uh, a lot of really good teams from throughout my area, and I won't say that it's just 6A. I stay very focused on that that top class just because I have a lot of good teams in there. But, yeah, definitely with uh, uh, teams like Blue Valley North, Shawnee Mission South, and, uh, you know, I'll, uh, 
excited to see Johnny Mitson South at some point uh, when they end up having to go up against Olathe South. That's going to be a game uh, a little bit uh, late in the schedule, but will definitely be one that'll be uh, interesting to, to watch. And then uh, when Blue Valley North goes up against uh, Blue Valley Northwest, I just know at some point I'm going to need to get out to, to watch Blue Valley North in person and see kind of wh- how have they changed and improved on what they already had because watching them last year you know they were already such a, a a dominant team but it'll be fun to 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 see how they've uh you know raised the bar because you know that you know that that group they're they're never satisfied with what they got and 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 uh, i know both of those squads really good last year and, and and with so many of those pieces back uh be very interesting to, to watch them in in person to to see how they've grown yeah, you know, Scott, I don't think anybody would argue with Mac that until somebody proves they can beat Aquinas in Class 5A, it's their class to uh, to call theirs. But, you know, they're ranked number two in the KBCA poll, and so obviously people think that Andover, who is ranked number one, is a team capable of giving the Saints a run for the money this year in, in Class 5A. And, you know, Hannah Alexander, I've known her for a long time where, where, when she coached Topeka High and had – had some great squads that made deep runs in the 6A state tournament and were undefeated in the COVID year and really had not even been tested that year. And who knows if they would have finished it off with a state title. But she's now at Andover and has a has a tremendous player in Brooke Walker. And they've got a lot of pieces that maybe that this is a, a year that a team other than St. Thomas Aquinas does win Class 5A. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how much uh, Andover can push, you know, can, can, can maybe – be the challenger that could could beat uh, Aquinas. They certainly, with Brooke Walker, bring back one of the state's top players. Uh, she's already signed with the University of Utah. Uh, great athlete, great ball handler, just highly skilled and uh, on the perimeter. And and uh, as you mentioned, they do have some really good complementary parts. Uh, Elena Shetler, who's already signed with Oral Roberts, uh, uh, kind of gives them a good complementary weapon. And then uh, Aaliyah Green, a transfer from Hutchinson, who helped the volleyball team out uh, this fall. She's she's played a big role already for for the Trojans on the on the court, and uh, they're <clears throat> they're off to a six and zero start. Uh, four of those games have been blowouts. So they scored seventy a couple times, uh, scored eighty nine the other night, and it went over Arch City. So really, some firepower offensively, and then they've got two really good solid home victories uh, over Andover Central, who. You know, when Andover and Andover Central get together, that's always going to be, you know, Central's struggled a little bit out of the gate here in December, but but that's always going to be a challenge. And then they survived that one. And then a nice 17-point win over McPherson. Uh, that was very much a game in the first half. And then uh, Andover took control and, and pulled away, uh, which, you know, many times you, you, you can pull away from McPherson. That, that just is an impressive win. And, and so Andover's off to a good start. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, as you said, uh, you know, because this has kind of been Aquinas's party in 5A. Uh, I do think Andover has depth, has pieces, has experience. They've got all those elements you'd look for, uh, and, and certainly deserving of the number one ranking at this point. Uh, you know, as they move forward, it'll be interesting to see if they can continue to build momentum uh, for a run at state. So, uh, you know, <clears throat> whereas I was sitting with all kinds of number one ranked teams uh, down here in the Wichita area. Uh, on the boys' side, Andover is the lone one uh, of all the classes and on the girls' side. Uh, but but 5A, again, has some good depth. Bishop Carroll's off to another unbeaten start here in December, uh, just doing what they do. They won. You know, they defeated Cape in the other night and, and hit the break at, at 5-0. and <clears throat> And then May South, 
uh, comes in at number five, and they've you know they've added one of the top transfers in the state, Ashley Singate, at the, uh, who's playing point guard for them, and then had really gotten them off to a good start. Uh, you know her 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 ball handling, playmaking ability, ability to shoot the three has been a, a real asset. Uh, Bay South not quite as big of a team as they were last year, and I think it it finally. Uh, caught up with them a little bit. They played Derby, hosted Derby the other night, and and Derby uh, matched up with them pretty well on the perimeter. Uh, even had bigger guards, bigger bigger perimeter players, and and uh, Derby uh, took a real nice win at May South by 14 points. So uh, moving forward, that's probably going to be the bugaboo for May South when they run into to a, a bigger team that, that creates matchup problems for them. But they're a very scrappy group and. And that's just their one loss here before Christmas. So uh, a good good mix of depth in 5A. Uh, but back up to 6A, you know, you talk about that it's been kind of a, a Kansas City area domination for years. And uh, who's going to be the challenger maybe from this area? And, and so far it looks like Wichita Heights. Uh, they've got Kip Pulliam back on the sidelines this year uh, after I think he took a seven- or eight-year break. And it's hard for me to believe it's been that long since he's, uh, you know, been on the Heights sidelines. But, uh, uh, you know, you can't even call the Falcons a sleeping giant because every every one of the seasons that uh, Ken Palmer coached uh, the Falcons uh, was a winning season. They just didn't, uh, you know, they didn't they just didn't cash in at the <clears throat> at the state tournament. Uh, Ken's back on on Kip's sidelines as the assistant. Kip's back in the head coaching role, and you know where he won four state titles in the in the early two thousands. and And he's got a team that is very much uh, reminiscent of those those teams that had such a, a great success or a great run of success in the, in his first tenure uh, that included back-to-back uh, undefeated seasons. You know, he's got a lot of depth. He's added the, the Falcons added a couple transfers this year. One, uh, and Samaya Ellis, who helped uh, Wichita Independent reach the 2A tournament last year. They've also got Kamira Barber from Wichita Northwest, who's a, uh, you know, real versatile uh, inside outside type guard and and uh, well they're all guards I think kind of the way that that Heights plays because they just they pressure you uh, defensively that's that's a calling card of those those teams that had such great success at Heights they attack offensively that's another calling card and I, I saw them play against Wichita South which is a a really solid six A team that was ranked number three uh, at the time and and uh, Heights was just able to kindly, you know, it was a challenge. It was their first real challenge of the season. They were able to kind of break down south in the, in the fourth quarter and, and pull away for a 12-point win. Uh, came back and beat Wichita Southeast a few days later in Southeast to qualified for the 6A tournament last year. So uh, Heights, Heights has, a you know, an experienced group, all five starters back. They've got those two transfers. So that's a team. They're sitting number three in 6A right now, and I, I really think uh, – um, you know, as good as their boys' team is, their their girls' team could be right there uh, in March as well. Uh, you know, I mentioned Derby. Derby's off to a four and one start in their first season uh, under Brian Chadwick, and and that lone loss is a two pointer up at the uh, McPherson to start the season. They've bounced back really strong, and uh, of course, everybody wondered how their uh, you know Addie Brown, their star player, uh, the last few seasons is off at Iowa State having a great freshman year. Uh, they've kind of found a new way to attack. I think a little more perimeter oriented. Destiny Smith's a good guard who's back and and uh, has helped uh, uh, Derby get off to a good start uh, this season in six A. And then Wichita South, the team I mentioned that that Heights had beaten, really good, really good guard play for the for the Titans. And Zion Butler is one of the better ones uh, that I've seen in the area out of the gate. So. I think South's one of those teams that, that could make some noise. Uh, it, it's been a while since there's been a lot of city league presence 
uh, at state. And, you know, Southeast made it last year, but uh, Heights and South, I think, uh, are, are really two very good 6A teams uh, out of the city league. Uh, up and down, you know, McPherson, I mentioned that in their number three and 4A at a 4 and 2. Uh, have a win over Derby, lost on the road to Andover, and then lost a close one against Bishop Miege in that 8-10 showcase. Uh, but I, I don't think looking at those losses, doesn't it doesn't deter me from thinking they can't be a contender again in 4A. You know, they've got senior Carter Alford, Albert is back, and uh, she's one of their top players. Uh, they, they gave Miege a good fight, and I think, uh, you know, it's it just kind of – Again, McPherson doing what McPherson does. Uh, I think they're gonna they're gonna be there at the end as well. And then uh, we've got Wellington setting at number five in in four A right now. Uh, six very lopsided wins to in December, but but they did have one loss that I I was able to witness out at Cheney uh, against the Cardinals in the Cardinal Classic. And and you know Wellington is gonna win a lot of games again this year. They could come in with the number one seed at the at the four A tournament in the past, and and they're gonna win a lot again because they've got really great junior duo in, in Val Norwood and, and Britt Zika. Uh, you know if I saw any red flags against Cheney, is that Cheney pressured them. And that's, you know, that's what Wellington does to teams, and, and, and they do it very well, but they kind of got a dose of their own medicine against Cheney. And, and uh, so I think if there's a fly in the ointment for Wellington, that they've just got to be a little sharper uh, when teams come after them, and that's, that's kind of what I saw. But, again, a very good team, had a lot of players back, and, and uh, they're off to a good start as well. Uh, you know, in 3A, it, it, there's – Nobody at the top, but you got Heston at three, Cheney at five, and Halstead at six. And, uh, you know, Heston and Halstead will be part of that southeast of Saline substate down the road. And, and then Heston and Cheney, uh, they'll, they'll get together right out of the break on January 2nd. So looking forward to that one. That's a good a good Class 3A matchup uh, coming out of the break. And then in 2A, Hillsborough, uh, you know, it seems like like senior Savannah Shahan and Zaley Worth have been there forever, uh, tearing it up in volleyball and basketball, and they're they're doing it again. Hillsborough's off to a six and zero start, and, and just absolutely smothering teams with defense. I think I I looked if Max Preps's numbers are right, uh, they're only allowing eighteen point three points a game, and that's just you know they, they didn't give up much last year. I remember that, and they're they're really uh, suffocating teams defensively again this year. So uh, I expect them to to uh, you know maybe make another run at the at the state tournament as well. Yeah, you know, Scott, you were loaded with number ones from your area. Well, I've got I've got much of the girls' market cornered uh, when you start, especially uh, 3A on down. I think I've got every every team uh, ranked number one is from my uh, north-central Kansas area, starting in Class 3A with Silver Lake. Uh, you know, they've been a team that's been in the state semifinals in 3A the last couple years, just haven't quite been able to get over that hum and get to the championship game. But, uh, you know, returning pretty much everybody from last year's team, they had a couple graduation losses, but uh, most of their key players are back, and, and they, uh, they're off to a great start. Got a big win uh, Tuesday night. Uh, beating arch rival Rossville, which is ranked number four. You know that's a that's, we talk about the war on twenty four and bas in uh, football all the time. Well, you know it doesn't matter what sport those two play. Uh, they're going at each other, and uh, that was that last game right before Christmas break for both of them. They both went in undefeated. Silver Lake was four and zero. Rossville was five and zero. But uh, Silver Lake pretty much handled that game. Mackenzie McDaniel scores thirteen over twenty points in the first half and they build a lead and just kind of keep Rossville at, at arm's length the rest of the way to win by du- double digits. So a really nice win for Silver Lake to uh 
to finish the 2023 portion of their schedule with. And, you know, their sub-state is, is absolutely loaded. You got Silver Lake's there, Rossville there. Nemaha Central's there. Beloit's coming over from from over, you know, in more central Kansas. Uh, you know, it's just a loaded substate, and uh, there's going to be a really good team that that stays home. And then, you know, that's that's kind of the when we do these three uh, A and below substates geographically, that that happens sometimes where you've got uh, you've got uh, you know good teams and clusters, and it always seems to happen down in the Cheney you know, Cheney, Halstead, Heston area where, you know, you got three or four or five teams there that all have great records. Haven's been a team that's always been pretty solid in that group as well. And, and this year, you know, it's that, it's that way in that kind of area. And I guess they're fortunate that Hayden didn't get stuck in with them as well. Cause Hayden's ranked number two, uh, dropped down from class four a where they were a state tournament team last year, uh, returning most of their key players uh, led by Lauren Sandstrom and they're off to a strong start this year and they're ranked number two. And so, you know, those two, those two teams right here, uh, you know, in the greater Topeka area and Shawnee County, you know, Shawnee County's got a nice presence in 3A. You got uh, three teams in, in Shawnee County that are 3A, and all three of them are ranked in the top four in, in Class 3A girls. So, you know, that's a strong uh, strong contingent right there when you look at those three. And then, you know, Nemo Central graduated some key players from last year, most namely uh, Addie Holdhouse, but uh, they always have a solid program. They always seem to fill those holes, and, and they're going to be right there. And Santa Fe Trail is a team that's been at state the last couple of years. J.C. Kramer coaching there now. Kaylee Washington, more noted as a softball standout. She signed with the University of Kansas, but uh, very strong on the basketball court as well. And they're going to be a team that, you know, will have something to say before it's over with in Class 3A. So a lot of a lot of teams from my area in Class 3A, which traditionally has been the case. It's a, uh, it's a North Central Kansas region, and Class 3 has, has been very strong. Um in, in throughout, uh, you know, throughout the years in, in class 3A and it is once again. And then you go down to class 2A and, and Riverside, which was a surprise runner up finisher last year. You know, they, they had never been to state last year and people wondered how they would handle it. And well, they, they, they handled it amazingly last year. Taylor Weiser um, is, is a, just a tremendous, tremendous six footer, uh, can play inside, can play outside. Uh, she helped them upset. St. Mary's Colgan, which was undefeated in the state semifinals last year. They won that one in overtime before eventually losing to Berean Academy in the championship game. But Riverside returned almost everybody. I think they maybe graduated one player, if if uh, if that. But all their key players are back. They're rolling so far to start the season at 6-0. and and, and in their own sub-state, uh, right now, Mar Hill is 5-0. and And I, I just posted a, a feature story on Mar Hill's girls today on, on Keisha Covered. Uh, they're 5-0, and and Coach Luke Knoll has, was looking back and, and couldn't find their last 5-0 and start from the time that uh, Mount St. Scholastica Academy and Mar Hill Prep combined to become Mar Hill Mount Academy. And so, you know, we're talking some 20-some years since uh since they've been off to this good of a start this year and they've been very impressive they've won all their games by by double figures they held Atchison County which was last year's league champion in the Northeast Kansas League to nine points now Atchison County did graduate three really really good seniors and then their best returning player got hurt early in that game so coach Noel said it was a little bit deceiving but uh but still you hold any team to nine points you're doing something pretty good and they're defensively very strong they like to get out and press and they've got the depth this year that allows them to do that so 
uh, Marhill, give them a shout out off to a, a really nice start class two, a at five and O and, you know, Valley Heights is a traditional program out of the twin Valley league. And, you know, as we go along here, the twin Valley league is just one of those leagues that, that just produces numerous contenders. You could have a team that's fifth, sixth in place in that league. And then they get to state and all of a sudden they're, they're a team that looks like they're unstoppable. And you're like, how this team finished sixth or sixth in that league? Well, that's how good that league is because you look at it. Valley Heights is ranked number eight in Class 2A. Clifton Clyde, number two in Class 1A Division One. Frankfurt, number four in Division One. Donovan West, number seven in Division One. Centralia, number eight in Division One. Hanover, number one in Division Two. Lynn, number five in Division Two. So that's what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams in, in that one league that are all ranked in the, in their respective classifications. That, that's a pretty good league when you go seven seven deep with uh, teams that are ranked. So, you know, a lot like the Sunflower is in Class 6A, you know, that's how the Twin Valley is uh, league is in, in these smaller classes. And, and you know, going down to Class 1A Division One, Clifton Clyde's ranked number two. They're right behind Little River, which, uh, you know, they were a team I think a lot of people thought was going to win Class 1A Division One last year. And they got upset not just in sub-state play, but in the semifinals, not even the championship game. St. John caught them in the semifinals. Uh, St. John had a great night that night behind Heidi Fisher. And uh, Little River didn't have a great night. And they got, they got clipped in that sub-state. So they're hungry. You know, they've won two straight. Uh, state championships in volleyball. They've got some uh, tremendous players, Elena Eck, the Olander girls. Um, they're just very deep, very balanced. They're ranked number one, and they already have a really nice win on the resume because they beat Hanover uh, earlier this year down at the Gossel Bluebird Classic. Uh, Hanover just went down to fill in one game in that tournament, but it was, hey, we're going to go down, we're going to go play Little River in the in the uh, in on the last day of that tournament. It was a really good game. I believe it was like a four point game, something like 49-45, 49-44. Just a really really strong game. But both those teams are just outstanding teams. Hanover, the defending state champion in Class One A Division Two, and like I said, Little River. You know they were a team everybody thought was going to win it all last year and didn't quite get it done. But now they've got that hunger to go get it done. But you know that One A Division One field. You know Clifton Clyde behind the Works Sisters. They're very strong. Frankfurt returns almost everybody from a team that was a top four team at state last year. Uh, Donovan West was your state champion last year in class one, a division one, they graduated some key players, but Perry Smith's doing it, doing what he does up there. And then they, they're, they're back playing strong. And then Centralia, you know, just one of the more historic programs in the state. Uh, they got Owen Dieters up there and some other nice pieces. And so uh, it'll be fun to watch that, that, uh, that league unfold this year. And that, that league tournament I've, a couple of years ago, I made my first venture ever up to the TVL tournament, and and uh, man, there's some just some great great teams, great atmosphere, great tournament, and a great league. And then uh, the other really good small school league uh, from from my area is the is the Lyon County League. And when you're talking, uh, Lebo was state runner up last year in Class One A Division Two. Opie's always a, a team that's a power in Class One A Division One or Two A, depending on where they bounce. This year, they're Class 1A Division One, and they lost uh, to St. Mary's, a 3A school, to start the season, but they've won every game since. And and last week, they picked off a big one. They handed Lebo their first regular season loss since the, the 21-22 season. Lebo was undefeated going into the state championship game last year, ran the table. Opie beats them at the buzzer uh, last week. Uh, Katie Robert 
uh, splits in the defenders and makes a layup at, at, as time expires uh, to give Opie a, a two-point win over Lebo. So a big win for Ron Slaymaker, a legendary coach in the state, uh, in the, coaching in, deep into his 80s, but still going strong and still knows how to get it done. And so the Opie girls uh, off to a great start. Madison's undefeated in their league. They've only got one loss a season under Bill Neinstedt. Uh, they're off to a solid start in, in that league as well. And then, you know, Lebo is ranked right behind Hanover. Those two have kind of flipped, flipped the one and two spots. Uh, Hanover started the year one. They fell to two after losing to Little River. Lebo moved up. Then Lebo falls back to number two after their loss to Opie. And then Lynn's another team that's a, a very solid team, kind of overlooked in the uh, in that Twin Valley League. But they've got some nice athletes up there, and, and they're having a nice season so far. And then, you know, going back up to the bigger classes where I didn't have number one ranked teams, I I got some teams right there that are that you know you know are going to be in it at the end. You know, Wamigo in Class 4A, they were the team that gave Bishop Miege their toughest game in the postseason last year. It just happened to come in the sub-state finals. Uh, based on how records fell and the seeding fell, Wamiga was was uh, the one seed in the East last year in Class 4A, and Miege had taken a lot of losses in that ultra-tough Eastern Kansas League, and they came in as an eight seed, and so they had to play each other in the uh, sub-state finals. Well, you know, it was a it was a less than ten point game, which was something nobody at state could do last year with Miege, and Wamiga lost some really good seniors, Ashton Pearson, Trista Tubler. Uh, some other really good seniors, but they got a really dynamic sophomore in Lexi Hecht. Uh, she had six three-pointers the other night, scored 26 points as they they beat uh, St. Mary's. And so Amigo's off to a really strong start this year. And they're going to be a team that as long as they can uh, avoid playing Miege in, in sub-state play, they'll be a team that'll be uh, be a factor going into the final day of the state tournament this year, I believe, in Class 4A. And then up in Class 5A, the Seaman girls, uh, undefeated again. You know, they had a great regular season last year, only lost one game. Uh, then they got to the state tournament and had to run, ran into a St. James team, and Riley Brugman that day was just unstoppable and uh, upset Seaman in that state tournament. They're back this year with almost everybody back. Uh, they've they've uh, had a nice start to the season, and they they got a got a game with St. James on their schedule. They they managed to figure out a way to to add them to their regular season schedule, and they went over on the road and beat St. James. So that was a really big win for Seaman because the, they they haven't been tested too much in that United Kansas Conference since moving over there last year. Their only loss was a overtime loss to Baser in in that league, but otherwise they they pretty much controlled it and and didn't have a whole lot of games where they were really pushed. So it was really good for Seaman to go get a, a test like that early in the year and and for them to pass it as well as they did. Uh, you know maybe they're a team that uh, you know that that little sting from last year uh, really has has motivated them and they're somebody that can throw their name into the mix in, in Class Five A as well. And Ricky, you know, looking out west, uh, you know, Goodland has the two-time reigning 3A champion, and uh, but they finally saw their uh, their winning streak, which I believe was the longest in the state at the time, uh, come to an end. Yeah, 43-game winning streak. Um, really, really cool win for Holcomb. Um, I think that's a big win for the program that they were able to edge Goodland. But yeah, what a heck of a run that that school's had over the last two years. Um, and, you know, I, I still think they could be a contender. I believe they're ranked, um, you know, number eight, and, and that was their lone loss of the year. So, um, you know, it's 
good to see them still kind of find a way to be able to, to be a contender considering they lost so so much last year with uh, Telexa Weeder and Lindsey Cure and, you know, Olivia Lehman. So, uh, but yeah, that what a heck of a win for Holcomb and hopefully they can kind of build some momentum off that. Um, you know, touching on some other schools in my area, um, Class 2A to me is really interesting. Um, Hoxie, um, you know, they had a really good year last year, were able to make state, um, and they returned uh, pretty much everybody from that team, um, and they're just rolling so far. They really haven't been tested. Um, you know, they won the purple and gold, uh, cruised through that tournament, um, beat one by 20 points over Hodgman County in the final. Um, Josie Kennedy, their, their senior guard, is a really, really fun player to watch. I mean, it's just like – it seems to me just automatic that she's going to find a way to get 20 points or more each game. She is such a consistent scorer and a consistent shooter, and she has plenty of good tools around her. Um, Emily Boehner is a really versatile junior that can play inside and out, one of their better rebounders. Um, Kenley Rogers is a, is a really solid post player and a really solid rebounder. Um, this year, you're going to see them press a lot. Um, that's that's going to be a big part of their identity. So, um, you know, I think they can really, I think they really have a, a strong chance in two A. And obviously, that's that's a program, uh, you know, going back not too long ago that was quite a powerhouse under under Shelley Hoyt, won four straight championships. So it's uh, been fun to see that uh, tradition kind of restored there. And uh, thing about them is, uh, you know, they. In volleyball, they had such a tremendous end of that season, got um, within one match of winning a state championship before falling to Hillsboro. But to get there, they had to beat a really good uh, Smith Center volleyball team. And, uh, you know, Smith Center, all those players play basketball, and they're off to a really good start in basketball as well. Um, they're undefeated at 6-0. and They won the Russell Tournament. Um, you know they returned Dakota Cattenberg and 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 Cameron Hutchinson and and uh, Gracie Kirkoff, Tenley Rencher. So um, you know all all the key all the key players that were involved in those great in that great volleyball matches between Hoxie and Smith Center. Um, they're gonna they're gonna meet again and they might play each other three times this year because they could see each other in the MCL tournament. They could they probably will see each other in Smith and uh, Substate. So um, that to me, that's going to be kind of a, a fun rivalry when we get to see those games because um, there's there's going to be a lot of emotion involved in them. But uh, going down to one AD one, you know, kind of the same story. South Gray had such a breakthrough volleyball season, and they're they're really off to a nice start. And in basketball, seven and zero. Vi Helms a really good player for them. Um, and I, I, you know, I should have mentioned in two A that Wichita County, um, they're they're six and zero, and they have kind of a fun fun dynamic too with the with the three Rick Rick sisters, uh, Ashlyn, Megan, and, and Brianne. Uh, they're they're three of their top players, and and um, I could definitely see them being a contender again after making state state last year. Um, you know, dropping down to to one A Division two uh, Buckland. Um, they're six and one. Their only their only loss was a was a close game against Hoisington. Um, you know they returned most of their players from last year. They did lose a, a key piece in Haley Fikert, but Sydney Jones is their top scorer, and uh, Emerson Kirk is a really good really good guard. She is such a good good ball handler. So um, 
you know, they're they're going to be a fun team to watch. And uh, Wallace County's off to um, a nice six and six and one start as well. But yeah, um, you know, not not so much. I. Not so much in the higher classes. I, I don't have a ton of contenders out west, but in the in the in the lower classes, I think um, there's going to be a lot of great teams in the, in the mix from from out west, and it'll be you know exciting to see to see which teams are able to peak at the right time. That it will, and you know that wraps up a little bit of a look at the basketball season so far on boys and girls side. Uh, you know, we we'll, once we get back in it in January, before long, we'll be at our mid-season tournaments and have some great tournaments uh, throughout the state that we'll be uh, keeping an eye on as we uh, as we head towards the postseason and looking at some of the other sports, uh, boys and girls wrestling. You know, it, the preseason, uh, that early season schedule doesn't usually have a lot of the big big time powerhouse tournaments. Uh, you know, some of those kind of come a little bit uh, more into into January, but the one one of the ones that we did have was the uh, the Baser Linwood Lady Cat Classic that was held last weekend up at at Baser Linwood, and you had just it was just riddled with uh, some of the top programs in in girls, uh, especially at the Class Six A level. But you had some of the some of your smaller programs. Number one Rossville from Class uh, Four through One A was there. Uh, number one Dodge City from Class 6A was there and, you know, led, led to some great championship matches. And um, I, I'm going to start out with maybe one of the biggest wins, uh, biggest wins that I've seen uh, here recently on the girls side. And that was uh, in the, you know, in the 126 finals there, or 125 finals, I'm sorry, uh, where uh, Kendra Hurla and the, of Rossville and Nicole Redmond of Olathe South went head to head and that's that's just epic battle right there. Both of those are three-time state championships, looking to become four-time state champs this year. And you know, uh, Redmond is ranked number one at, at one fifteen, and then Herla is ranked number one at one twenty. Now Redmond's up in six five A, Herla down in down in uh, class four through one A. But Redmond stepped up to one twenty just to just to go face Herla and and. Uh, and you know, really have kind of the the premier match of the tournament, I would say, and and uh, it, it was a it was a doozy. Uh, Redmond comes out and gets an early gets an early takedown, and and then in the final seconds of the first period, she gets uh, gets Hurla to her back and gets uh, three back points. She goes up five nothing in the uh, first period, but Hurla comes back in the second period. She gets her own takedown. And then she she catches uh, Redmond what she called a Turk, and I had to have her explain it to me. And it's, she said, you know, you get the leg locked, and then you either go a cross phase or you go with a, a upper body hook. And she did the upper body hook, got Redmond to her back, and pinned her. So what a huge win for Kendra Hurla to to beat Nicole Redmond. I mean, Nicole Redmond's as good as it gets in this state uh, over the last three three years. I mean, she is just a beast. And for Hurla to uh, to go get that win, I think it shows that Hurla is right there uh, in the 120 pound finals at Baserlin with just a monster monster win for Kendra Hurla. It was the 100th of her career, which I mean, boy, you couldn't ask for a better milestone victory than to to have number 100 come against a, a three time state champion uh, who's probably going to go and win her fourth state title this year. But a uh, big win. And then her teammate, Kira LeCock, wins the title at 115. And, and just like Herla, she gets her 100th career win in the championship match. She beats Tonganoxie's Stella Brady with a pin in the finals in the in the first period. Uh, LeCock pins her way to the championship uh, there at, at the Lady Clack. 
Cat Classic, but so many good matches. And Mac, I know you were out there and, and got some great pictures of that tournament. Were there any other matches aside from the the Hurla Redmond match that just jumped off the uh, jumped off the mats at you? Like, wow, that was that was something to behold. Well, I mean, that one was definitely one where you just knew you were locked in, and and uh, either way it went. Uh, that was going to be a, a, a big victory for, for either wrestler. But I mean, uh, you know, I think just to add to, to Hurla's success, I mean, she most likely, I mean, there's a good chance she beat two state champions from this year in back-to-back rounds because uh, she beat Stella Segura of Shawnee Mission South uh, in the round before, and she has a good chance of being the uh, 120-pound 6A champion there. So to do that back-to-back, uh, that was uh, definitely uh, pretty crazy. I, I don't know if there was one that specifically uh, stood out. Uh, I do know that a, a, a big one, but it ends up not being a winner for any Kansas kid at 135. Uh, Kaylin Hitchcock of Olathe North uh, was up against uh, SB Al Almazon of uh, Lewis uh, Central. Um, so, an out of state opponent that I mean, that one was uh, one where, uh, you know, you could just see that, uh, that, that, uh, Kaylin was given everything she could, but this girl was able to get some points early and, and, and able to write out the the five one decision victory. Uh, but that was definitely one where, uh, you know, I think that's uh, two times in the the last couple weeks because uh, at, at I think at Council Bluffs as well, Hitchcock ended up finishing third. But uh, facing these you know uh, elite wrestlers, even with the loss, I have to imagine with somebody like. Uh, Hitchcock, that's just going to push her further to keep getting better and 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 try to come back and 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 win another state title this year. So, uh, it was a definitely a a fun match to watch, and then uh, one that maybe the match, uh, I I just knowing what it meant for uh, Nora uh, Prather of Baldwin uh, uh, getting the victory over Jayla Johnson of of Cape in, in the one forty final. Uh, you know, right now. Uh, Prather is uh, undefeated. I think she's 15 and 0. I'd have to look on there again. Uh, yeah, 15 and 0 right now. Um, and then uh, almost matching uh, for the Baldwin boys wrestling. Jack Harvey right now is at 17 and 0. So they got two uh, outstanding wrestlers for each of those uh, Baldwin wrestling teams right now. But uh, you know she gets that victory, and I, I, I she was uh, very uh, excited as she was building up a pretty big lead there before finally getting the the fall there in the uh, second round. And you know uh, I, I think you mentioned the two Rossville girls getting their hundred wins. I think they had a third one as well. Um, uh, is it Morton that got uh, the hundred wins? Yeah. Yeah, so you, you had uh, keeping it 100 because uh, Kaylin Hitchcock for Olathe North, she got her 100th, uh, and then her teammate uh, Haley Conley also got her 100th win. Uh, and and right now, Conley, 18-0, uh, and 0, and you know she gets the 4-1 decision over uh, Gardner-Edgerton senior Karen Rodriguez, and that was one where... Uh, I, I think last year Conley just seemed like there weren't many wrestlers that could beat her, you know, except for a, a certain wrestler from Leavenworth that uh, just decimated everybody. 
so I, I I think this year right now with uh, just seeing what she's done so far to get to eighteen and zero right now, uh, I I think there's just a level of uh, of domination there that it, it'll be interesting to figure out who can even uh, get close. I mean that was uh, a pretty good effort by Rodriguez to 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 keep it there, but towards the end of the match there just didn't seem to be any openings for her to try to cut into that lead and uh, I. I just know talking with Hannah Jackson last year where, uh, you know, and it was no slight to, to Conley, but they felt like uh, there was just not any chance for any 235 wrestler to get points off her and to, to, to really challenge her. Uh, and I think this year uh, Conley's in the position where she gets to take that mantle and, and gets to do that. I, I'm not sure there's another 235 wrestler, uh, you know, in, in the state, uh, you know, it, Definitely in 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 six five eight. I'm not sure who that'll be that can really push her right now because she's just kind of at another level. Uh, but you know she gets her hundredth win as well. So it was a uh, really cool to see how many to hit that moment. But it, if there was one match that I don't know if the match stood out necessarily, but the one moment that maybe was on par with that hundred and twenty uh, final. Uh, was at 190 when you get the hometown hero, the uh, uh, Baser Linwood's uh, Izzy Renfro uh, ends up getting a, a fall in the second round over Baldwin's uh, Ely Pittman. And uh, when she won, you just see the smile on her face and you, you knew how excited she was. And that's as trying to get the pictures. And I was luckily in the right spot of, uh, of seeing her running back towards her corner with her coaches. Uh, Cause you know, they, they had it. Uh, she, she made sure to line it up and make sure she could jump into her coach's arms and, and, and uh, have that celebration. But just to see the pure joy on her face, becoming the, the uh, first baser Linwood uh, wrestler to, to to win uh gold to win first at, in in the lady cat classic uh you know this has been a really great event for all of these teams and and to have uh you know 35 girls wrestling teams come in to to compete here uh this the sixth year of just having uh this be one of the premier girls wrestling events maybe in the country but you know definitely in the state and uh you know they they Baser Linwood uh, has been a great host and, and made this event feel special every year. And so it was really cool to get to see Izzy Renfro get a, you know, be uh, celebrate that moment and, 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 and have that moment with, with her hometown crowd uh, is uh, really cool, cool to see, but yeah, uh, up and down the, the finals list uh, just Every match, even I mean, a lot of falls, but uh, even the ones that didn't go to decision, uh, just highly competitive. And you, you saw uh, some of the best wrestlers. And, you know, you, you mentioned how there's not always the premier tournaments early in the year. But, yeah, this is definitely one of them. This is one where you know that you're seeing a lot of state champions uh, yeah, potentially because uh, a lot of the great wrestlers go in head to head all throughout these brackets. Yeah, definitely. I, I remember writing up some stuff from my roundup and so many one versus two matchups or undefeated versus undefeated. I think uh, in Lecoq's bracket in 115, there were four girls that went into the tournament undefeated. And obviously it's early in the year and, and undefeated is a little bit more, rele you know, less relevant or whatever, but still just so much quality at that tournament. And you win a title at Baser, you, you've you done work. And, uh, and that's, you know, 
that's it's it's a great one and and girls wrestling is has exploded in Kansas I, I was talking the other day to Jeremy and and Mark Lentz here at the uh, at the office and they thought girls wrestling numbers were going to get hit close to 3000 girls involved this year I don't think it quite got there but I mean it just speaks to how much the sport has gained popularity uh, in the state of Kansas and and uh, the, the level of wrestling has has shot up uh, as as almost as quickly as the numbers have I mean you're talking some very very high quality wrestlers and and uh, that tournament certainly had the best of the best on display there and you know guys looking at some other early wrestling results whether it be boys or girls um, Scott Mac Ricky is there anybody else that any other performances out there in the early season that kind of jumped out at you is like ooh that was something that that uh, was definitely uh, uh, maybe an eye opener or, or, or something that as you go along the season, uh, you know, something that you can point back to is, Hey, that I, I remember when that happened, that was a big one. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I know you, you mentioned that maybe the, the, the heavy hitter tournaments are, are still to come in a, in a lot of cases, but I think anytime the wrestlers go up to that Casey stampede and come away with the title, uh, that's a huge feather in your cap. And, and I know uh, on the boys side, anyway, three Kansas boys come away with uh with titles there, including a pair from Mays uh, down here in the Wichita area. Uh, Aiden Flores, of course, a reigning uh, state champion and a two-time finalist uh, in, in 5A. He goes up there and, and wins uh, the 190-pound uh, pound division. Uh, and his teammate Ronan Wunsch comes in behind him and, and, and wins at 215. So, uh, you know, Mays coming off a state championship last year and, and uh, <clears throat> moving forward with, without a lot of their good wrestlers from – from that team a year ago, but those guys go up there and, and uh, I know joined one from your area, uh, Brent and Easton Brockstroman, who also won the 132 pound title up there. Uh, but Flores, one of the best, he's just one of the best pound for pound wrestlers I've seen the last couple years. And so not a surprise, but, but still, you know, Flores uh, defeats a kid from a uh, state champion from Texas. Once uh, beats a kid from Georgia. That's, you know, that speaks well for, for what this state put, produces, uh, in terms of good talent uh, on the wrestling mat. So those are the, you know, the, those, I guess that's what would stand out to me of what I've seen from the Wichita area kids down here uh, the first month of the season. Uh, and then you mentioned that, the, you know, that Baser girls tournament, uh, Salina Central's Lydia Dong gra- grabs the title at 125. So a nice feather in her cap. Uh, she was a state runner up a year ago. So good, good momentum builders, I think, in, 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 you know, tournaments like the Baser girls and, and the Casey Stampede and, and, uh, you know, with Flores and Wunsch uh, at the Stampede, along with uh, Rurals Brockstroman, uh, just, just a real good uh, good representation for the state of Kansas. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just put a bow on the Baser tournament by saying Dodge City had a really good uh, team performance. Uh, they ended up repeating as champions. Uh, Ashley Alonzo got a title at 110 pounds. Uh, Liliana Arroyo Albo was the champion at uh, 155 pounds. And, uh, you know, they're, number, they're ranked number one in, in 6A. Uh, you know, they, they really got their depth, I think, bolstered this year by some, by some young underclassmen who have wrestled. Uh, well, they had you know several other good performances in that in that uh, tournament besides the, the champion. So I think they'll they'll have a really good shot at winning winning state last year and probably probably a little bit of a motivation. I think they were kind of the favorite to to win the the championship last year and and Washburn Rule was able to get it. But uh, you know they're they're going to be right in the conversation again this year. And then 
um, you know, sticking with the girls um, and and for a one uh, A Oakley, um, you know, they're ranked they're ranked number one and 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 for a one A right now, one spot ahead of Ro- of Rossville. Um, Octavia Kane, uh, you know, really really great uh, season last year. Ended up taking sex, second to uh, Grace Johns, who who may may be injured or something because I know I noticed she's not from Minneapolis. She's not in the rankings, but right now um, Octavia's ranked uh, number one. And then um, you know they they've got they seem like they really got uh, you know good depth behind them. I think they have um, uh, uh, f- f- four three other girls that are ranked. Uh, Ranked uh, Kylie Hodges and Abigail Jackson and Brooke Smith. Um, Hodges and Smith are 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 freshmen. Uh, Hodges is number two at one fifteen. Smith is number one at one fifty five. And then uh, Jackson is a sophomore and she's number uh, six at one thirty. But uh, you know, I, I think that's pretty impressive to to see them at the at the top of four and one a. And then uh, uh, you know, touching on uh, the boys side a little bit. Uh, Obviously, Hoxie is still Hoxie. Um, they lost. They lost a uh, three. I think they lost three champions off off last year's uh, uh, historic team that just dominated the three two one a title. Um, but they they also returned three champions. Um, uh, Gavin Shippers, uh, he's the heavyweight. He's the reigning heavyweight champ. And uh, Corbin Puga from Norton, I saw he recently beat Gavin and and that had to be a heck of a match um um yeah, heavyweight at the heavyweight and I think heavyweight's going to be a really fun division because I think that it's wide open I think there's a, a lot of contenders for that and then uh uh with Hoxie uh right now they're missing Carson Oaks who's a who's a reigning champion and he was undefeated last year um, uh, he'll be back at, at some point, but they also brought back uh, Ian Giancola, who's uh, who's ranked number one at, at his weight. So um, I think they're obviously going to be the the heavy favorite to to compete again. And then I'll give a quick shout out to Scott City and and Foray. Um, they're led by by Houston Frank, who's number one at, at one seventy. And uh, I saw they just won a tournament at at, at Abilene. So that's kind of that's kind of the standouts that I'm seeing right now and and on the rest. And looking from my area, uh, you know, I think there's been a a few, uh, you know, tournaments like, uh, you know, uh, Council Bluffs uh, is another one that, uh, you know, uh, I think some some top teams end up going out to. And and if you can get a win there, similar to what Scott was saying about the the KC Stampede, that ends up being a, a, you know, pretty good feather in your cap, which uh, Colin McAllister of Mill Valley end up taking first at, at 165 and uh, you know just right now he's the uh, all-class rankings uh, number one there uh, you know at that at that weight and uh, you know he obviously deserves it he was uh, such a good competitor uh, last year uh, you know winning a, a state title and you know moving up a little bit in weight but uh, is has been able to uh, continue to, to, to improve and, and, uh, hone his craft. And he's, uh, you know, uh, leading what is looking to be a really, uh, all around talented mill Valley team that, uh, you know, when you just look at the, uh, six, a rankings, 
you know, he's just one of three kids that are ranked number one at the top. Uh, Maddox, Casella, uh, top of 126. Uh, Dylan Cooper, top of 138. And then, you know, they got guys like Brady Mason, who's who's second at 150. And uh, a lot of guys in those rankings that, uh, you know, is part of why Mill Valley right now is is number two right behind Manhattan in the, the 6A boys team ranking. So, uh, you know, th- Right now, uh, a good start, and then you know, not uh, the the most matches, you know, like still getting into the kind of the heart of the season, and once you get past the break, uh, should be interesting to 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 see how they do as they they keep going into these uh, you know top uh, tournaments, and and I expect McAllister to continue to to be very successful at that level and bring home a lot of first place. But it'll also be interesting to to see how his teammates if they can keep trying to elevate themselves to that level and, and, and try to keep themselves in that conversation for, for top teams and in, in 6A. And then uh, I think Tonganoxie is one that uh, right now just a lot of depth on a team that also has uh, some, some front runners for, for state titles at the uh, 4A level and, and, and nobody better than Brandon Moore at 144, uh, all class number one there. And, you know that they end up winning the Randy Starcher Memorial Tournament. And that had a good kind of mix of of teams from different classifications in Kansas, and I think uh, one Missouri team, and uh, they really dominated to 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 win that one, and uh, ended up having uh, six uh, different wrestlers take uh, first in that one, and then uh, a bunch more that were in the 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 finals. Uh, for them so uh, once you get past you know Braden Moore you have Colton Brevson at 190 who uh, we know what he was able to do as a a running back and a linebacker for Tonganoxie in football this this fall and uh, he's uh, undefeated right now for them and then uh, you got Noah Bailey at 150 Brady Martin at 165 uh forgetting a bunch of other Clayton Crookman 126 and, and, and Gavin Rhodes at 285 all throughout the, the those 4A rankings uh, you you have some some really talented wrestlers and you know obviously ones that are sometimes in tough spots Brady Martin a, a sophomore who's third at 157 behind Owen Eck and Tucker Sell that's a very tough place to be uh, as you start looking to your your state prospects but uh, a really talented team and 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 they they have the kind of top guys uh as well so uh be very interesting to keep up with them and then the last one i just want to look at real fast is uh brett carroll uh Olathe east right now uh you know he gets his first state title last year finally breaks through against uh sebastian lopez who's right behind him and and not just the 6a rankings but uh also the the all-class rankings at 285 and uh you know both are having tremendous starts to the year but brett carroll right now undefeated 14 and 0 and uh he ends up uh taking first at the uh mid-american nationals down in enid oklahoma which uh is another one of the the kind of uh bigger tournaments here at the the early portion of the season and so seeing that and seeing that you know I think from talking with him I I never had a doubt that you know any chance of him kind of being happy with the the first state title and that you know kind of getting a little complaints that that was never a fear just from knowing him and kind of knowing his work ethic uh and and knowing that you know there's a good chance that we're going to get uh you know 
final number three and, and, and state match number four of Brett Carroll versus Sebastian Lopez. Uh, I imagine Sebastian Lopez coming off a loss has been very focused this year. So uh, just seeing those two early on and seeing how well Brett Carroll's already done, uh, that's already one that you could pencil in as a, a exciting potential match for, for them as they get to uh, state because those two have already were tremendous wrestlers and uh, they just seem to keep building on to, to – their their power and their skill set uh this year so that's the for the boys those are the top ones and i went through most of the girls i do want to say with nicole redmond she ends up not winning uh at, at lady cat classic but uh she took first in 115 at council bluffs so that was a, a big win for her. Haley conley also got first there uh at the 235 uh, and then uh they have a teammate, Mackenzie Sharp, who took second at 140. So uh, they're starting to put together quite the crew there uh, at, at Olathe North. And then Nicole Redmond's almost like an honorary member because as Haley Conley gets her win at, at, at 235, uh, nobody was more excited and jumping through the air than Nicole Redmond was for in that moment. Uh, so uh, when you, you look at the, the Olathe group and you look at what Olathe North has with Conley, Sharp, and, and, and uh, Kaylin Hitchcock, uh, a lot of a lot of great wrestlers there, and then uh, I think I mentioned uh, Nora Prather, Baldwin. Uh, we also have Reddy Johnson, Casey Washington, nine and zero to start the year. Emily uh, Velasquez, Schlegel is nine and zero, and then uh, Strani Mission East has Sylvia Morstein at 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 six and zero. So uh, a lot of ones. Not uh, still need to get a few more of the matches under your belt before you're uh, you know gonna give them too much praise for the, that undefeated start, but uh, a lot of, a lot of good starts for uh, a lot of different wrestlers from my area. Yeah. Mac talks about the, the council bluffs invitational uh, that was held a couple of weeks ago and Washburn rural actually wins the team title from a girl's side up there. Uh, they're down a hundred and uh, 167 and a half points on going into day two, but come back and, and win uh, beat a team called, raccoon river from iowa to uh to win the title and uh and uh i guess if you beat a raccoon uh you, you've done a good thing i don't know but uh for them to come back from 167 points down is just uh it's just mind-boggling uh, it sounds like they gave away points like oprah up there like you get a point you get a point but uh you know, for them, to, that's what rural does. I mean, that's how they that's how they won their state title last year. They just do the work on the backside when they when their girl loses. Uh, she comes back with a vengeance and, and make sure she can uh, can finish the best she can uh, once once that happens. And they call it rural. And now, I guess, is, is what they uh, how they described it to me. Coach Damon Parker did over there. So a uh, big win for rural to go up there and win that tournament. Uh, they didn't they didn't finish very high at. At Baser, I think they were down at fourth, but um, you know, Washburn Rural has, has been the standard in, in girls wrestling, and and they'll be a factor here at the end of the season. And so, um, you know, we'll dive heavier into wrestling as we get into the meat of the schedule in, in January. But that's a that's a look at some of the early uh, top matches and top tournaments from across the state and the area so far. And then, you know, turn our attention real quick to swimming. Uh, kind of, kind of the same boat as, as wrestling where, you know, you've, you've just got a lot of feeling out meets. You haven't really had that real big pow kind of meet where you got a lot of the, 
the top uh, top guys going against each other. And, uh, you know, looking at the uh, the state's top performance list, it's a lot of the names that we're, we're accustomed to seeing. And, uh, you know, just from my area, uh, Zach Mendez of Lansing, you know, he was the, the class five through one a state champion in the 500 last year. Well, he's He's off to a dominating start this year. His best time of the year so far, 4:47, uh, is almost six seconds. Is six seconds faster than the the next fastest person in the state in 6A or 5A. And in fact, in 5A, the next fastest is 15 seconds behind him. So Zach Mendez off to a great start for Lansing. He's also fastest in Class 5A uh, in the 200 freestyle as well. But you know, a lot of your top performances are coming out of the the KC metro area and, and Mac. It's it's guys that we're used to, to hearing about uh, when you talk about, you know, Grady O'Connor and, and guys like that. Yeah, uh, Grady O'Connor uh, definitely right now is the, you know, uh, kind of has a lock on the, the 100 free and the 200 free in, in, in 6A and, uh, you know, a three-second lead over Mazes, uh, Zachary Reif in the, the 100 free and a four-second lead over Brock Wallace of Wichita Northwest in the, the 200 free, so... Uh, you start adding in and, you know, I, I'd started writing this before we got the, uh, updates for, for this week's top times. And, and so, uh, you know, first it's like, well, that's pretty good. And he's not too far behind, uh, Blue Valley Northwest, uh, Micah Churchill for the, the top time in the hundred fly. And then, oh, wait, he finally raced the 50 free for the first time this year. Now Grady O'Connor has the top time in that. So obviously, uh, really, uh, great swimmer that could potentially win a state title in uh any number of events if he wished uh to 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 go into those but seems like he's definitely dead set on sticking with the 100 free and 200 free and try to uh turn those into not just state titles but state records uh and he's you know on a pretty good uh you know uh path to 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 get there and then uh as you start moving down and 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 you see that uh 50 free if you don't if you just assume O'Connor's not going to race that at state and then uh, you're looking at those next few times and, uh, you got a couple of, uh, Shawnee mission Northwest kids that are jumping in there and, uh, are, are towards the top and, and it, same last names. You got, uh, juniors, uh, Gavin Caven and, and Max Caven, the, the twins that are, uh, doing really great in the 50 free and are most likely the, uh, the key reason that they're, uh, relay teams, uh, you got a couple of them that have, have moved to the, the, the top there. The 200 freestyle relay, uh, is, uh, got the, had the top time. I'm trying to roll down the list and see if they're still right up there. And, uh, they, they blue Valley North uh, edged them out, but for a moment they were there and they're, they're right in the mixes, uh, trying to push for that sub one thirty time in that event. But, uh, right now, uh, Gabe uh, Cavan is 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 second in the uh, 50 free with 21.94, and then followed by Blue Valley North's Jack Monroe 22.08, and then uh, Max Cavan uh, not too far uh, behind there. Uh, so really good uh, set of, of of short distance freestyle uh, swimmers, and then uh, as you're uh, moving along, uh, you know I mentioned in passing, obviously Churchill. Uh, uh, is pretty good. He's also trying to catch up with Brock Wallace in the the 200 IM, and he's ha- half a second back there. And uh, you know, just uh, you know, looking at it, I, I think overall the big takeaway is uh, right now Blue Valley North that uh, ended up uh, getting that that state title last year. 
they they're in pretty good shape to to uh, defend uh, their championship because uh, holding the top 400 freestyle time. I just mentioned how they uh, have, have now set the pace in the the 200 freestyle relay as well. Uh, Ethan Chan right now holds the top time in the the hundred breast and 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 uh, definitely as you're you're looking, those are the kind of the the top ones in 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 six A and then. Uh, moving down to 5A real quick, uh, I, th- I think you're looking at uh, or actually 6A. I'm going to stick with uh, diving real fast, which is uh, same thing as uh, Blue Valley North holding its place. It's also a uh, diving event has traditionally been a thing that Johnny Mission East has uh, been able to dominate, at least with depth. And right now they also are going to be top heavy because uh, Peter Steckschulte, uh is the, the, the top one right now just uh, – didn't have an 11 dive event until just this last week at the Shawnee Mission District meet, but uh, he ends up getting a 441.20 score, which is 20 ahead of uh, Wichita Northwest Gianni uh, Benoit. So uh, right there, it's a, what you expect. And then obviously they keep putting other guys up there as uh, Grant Kimmel's in the top six for Shawnee Mission East. And uh, they'll definitely by the end of the year, you can expect to have uh, – two or three guys that are going to be pushing to try to be at state for them and in, in diving and uh, going down to, to 5A. Uh, right now you have uh, Blue Valley Southwest, Riley Egan uh, right now, top time in 200 individual medley, uh, full second ahead of Andover's Eric Witt. And he's third behind Capens, Franken, Alberti, and, and, and Overs David Gott in the 100 back. So, uh, right now he's uh, in a pretty good position and in, in, in multiple events uh, is uh, just a little bit behind Alberti in the uh, 100 breaststroke as well. So uh, he, he's been pretty good. Uh, similar for, for diving, uh, front runner uh, is the, the reigning state champ. Uh, Aquinas is Alex Moeller, and uh, it's hard to really figure out anything other than him being the front runner because at this point we only have – uh, three divers that have uh, had 11 dive uh, uh, competitions so far, and he's at 398, trying to crack that 400 mark, and uh, about 20 points ahead of the closest in Bishop Mies, Justin Pullen. But uh, I assume that uh, guys like uh, Andover's Braden Larson, once they start getting a, a few more of those 11 dive uh, scores under their belt, uh, they'll start moving right up there to try to uh, challenge Moeller for that top spot and uh, should be interesting. Um, yeah, looking through, uh, I think the guy hit the major ones there for, for, for my area, uh, in terms of the, the, the top ones, uh, right now, but yeah, definitely in six, a, uh, you're seeing a lot of guys that already have a lot of gold to their name, a lot of great finishes and, 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 uh, similar with, uh, Grady O'Connor, I think guys like Brock Wallace and, and, and Mika Churchill, uh, some of them are like, figuring out how do I win a state title? And some of them have that mindset where right now they're really focused on how do I take home a state record at the end of this season? Yeah. I'll just carry it forward um, from you, Mac. And a lot of, I mean, the themes are pretty familiar even down here in in the South central part of the state, Uh, a lot of familiar names on the state honor roll. Uh, You know, really the one meet down here this in December that, that drew a lot of them was the Andover central invitational. You had the reigning state team champion, uh, in five through one A Andover, uh, Andover Central's been good the last few years. Capen, uh, reigning city league champs, Wichita Collegiate, uh, the Mays and May South. So 
they brought, you know, early December brought the, a lot of those teams together and a lot of, a lot of uh, guys who, who are atop the honor roll uh, from, from this area uh, swam in that meet. You mentioned Frank Alberti, uh, you know, I think with Alberti and guys like, uh, you know, Wichita Northwest Brock Wallace, what impresses me most is, <clears throat> you know, their times are going to get better, but they're the versatility they show. I mean, it's, it's, it's not even Christmas yet. And they're, they, they read the, you know, they lead three individual categories in, the, in their classification. And that's just pretty impressive. I mean, Alberti's the, the five through one, a state leader in the butterfly, the breast and the backstroke. And of course he's the three time reigning backstroke champion uh, in, in five through one, a uh, he's third in the 200 IM, but he's the reigning state champion in that event. So, uh, just a lot of versatility, uh, you know, Alberti, a senior, an outstanding swimmer, college bound, and, and he's off to a good start this year. It could really help Cape and maybe make a, a, a you know, a run uh, at that 5 through one team title. They also lead the state in the 200 IM or 200 medley relay right now. Uh, it remains to be seen if that, that will stand uh, because this, these teams will juggle uh, relay lineups and, 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 you know, throughout the season. But, but right now, Cape and off to a good start. Uh, Andover's off to a good start as, as the defending champions. Uh, Eli Connors, the five through one A leader in the hundred freestyle right now, uh, second in the freestyle or the fifty freestyle to to Wichita Collegiate. It's Derek Yang, another familiar name. Uh, Yang swam twenty one fifty six at that central meet to, for the state's top time uh, in five through one A. And then you know just looking at the relays, Andover Central and Andover numbers one and two right now in the four hundred freestyle relay. Uh, last year, Andover won that event to, to put a put a bow on their on their team title, uh, edging Central. Both teams uh, eclipsed the state record or state meet record uh, in that in that finale, and, and they're setting number one and number two right now in five through one A on the honor roll. So it looks like uh, they might be brewing something up again for for later this season. Uh, and then in six A, you mentioned Brock Wallace, uh, you know the reigning state champion in the in the medley and the, the backstroke. He's the state leader this season in 6A in the 100 back and the 500, even though the 500 free, uh, as, as well as the 200 IM. And, and also has, uh, you know, top four times in the 200 free and the 100 fly. So just a lot of great versatility on his end. He, he you know, was a worthy champion last year and is looking to add more gold uh, at state this year. Well, that hits our swimming aspect of things and, uh, and wraps up the activities or athletics, I'm sorry, that, that are being currently contested as we head into Christmas break. And before we sign off, uh, we'd, wouldn't, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that the uh, application process is open now for the True Blue Keisha Scholarships. Uh, Keisha, a partner with Capital Federal Foundation, will present uh, 34 $2,000 scholarships uh, to stu- high school seniors in Kansas. Uh, one, one student per each activity that Keisha sponsored will be chosen to receive these scholarships. So you can go to our Keisha Covered website, check out the process of or eligibility, the criteria, and uh, and how the how the selections will be made uh, for those uh, that 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 application process is open. It'll end in March uh, March first, I believe. And so, um, if you've got a kid that's uh, at your school that uh, that's worthy of being uh, awarded one of these scholarships, uh, get with your school 
get uh, get them nominated and uh, and hopefully they they will be somebody that will be considered and selected for one of these great scholarship opportunities from Capital Federal. So with that, uh, we will wish everybody a happy holidays, safe travels if you're going anywhere over the break, uh, safe rest to all the athletes and coaches uh, uh, during this moratorium time, a uh, little dead period that we have here uh, over Christmas break. Uh, enjoy some family time and get recharged uh, for the 2024 uh, portion of this school year. We will be back to you sometime in the uh, in early January with our next podcast, and uh, we'll touch again on all these all these sports and kind of look ahead to some of our midseason basketball tournaments and some of the mid big midseason uh, swimming and wrestling uh, events. So, for Scott Pask, Ricky Peterson, and Mac Moore, this is Brent Maycock saying thank you for tuning in to another Cation Covered podcast brought to you by Cap Fed True Blue, and happy holidays. Thank you.